0: Our Gospel lesson for today, the second Sunday of Advent, comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 1-8. through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals i have baptized you with water but he will baptize you with the holy spirit the gospel of the lord well people of god may the grace and peace of our triune god be yours today and forever amen well folks it goes without saying that today is a little bit different than normal not only because of my setting, where I am today, the fact that I've been dealing with, with COVID and sickness in my house, and because of that, I'm quarantining from the church, but also just because of a lot of different types of situations that we find ourselves in. Here we are now in the second week of Advent, the second Sunday of Advent. We're into a new church year. Even though things don't quite line up with our calendar year, they're off by about a month, depending on the year, but it feels early. Uh, for us to be considering this idea of a new year, and yet here we are. Now, every year at this time, we go through the same cycle, the repeating cycle, as as we've moved now from the old church year into the new one. We're looking forward to the celebration of Christ's birth at Christmas when we, we celebrate the coming of the Messiah, something that, of course, is at the moment past tense for us in the grand scheme of things. And yet, as we're looking forward to the celebration, it's something that will be a future celebration, even before the ultimate out there in the distant future, uh, the unknown time when we will celebrate the second coming of the Messiah. As we begin this new cycle, here we are again. And it's fitting that we have this passage that's the very start of Mark's gospel. Now, I was thinking about different ways that this whole situation is different and in addition to everything else that i've already mentioned this is a one when normally i would not be preaching if this was a normal year if this everything had kind of come out like it typically is this time of year we're beginning to celebrate our, with our various uh, our, our adult choir and then and a little bit later with our our youth uh, as as we have christmas presentations as we begin to prepare ourselves for the the, the coming of that particular season. And with that, as I was thinking back over the years, I realized that this is actually the first time in the almost seven and a half years that I've been at Underwood that I've actually preached on this particular Sunday. Now, I've encountered this text before and a little bit of a mixture of it. In fact, we'll have it again here in about a month or so uh, when we move uh, into the the, uh, next season, when we feature the baptism of Jesus. We'll catch a few extra verses that tack on at the end of this one. But this is the first time I've ever actually done this, and it's something new. Even though it's, it's a familiar passage, it's still a new situation and and we're doing a a worship service that might feel familiar and yet is in a new setting. All of this is kind of tying into this idea of something old that is beginning anew again. Now I've talked about the beginning of Mark before, how it's interesting when we compare it with the other various Gospels. Now the other Gospels tend to start us farther back, uh, both both Matthew and and Luke, we actually hear about the birth of Jesus. Well, that doesn't happen here. And we just have this very abrupt beginning, as we hear in the very first verse, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The entirety of Mark's Gospel is quite a bit shorter. It's more concise. I actually talked about this in my newsletter article here for December, that it, it ends almost as abruptly as it begins. We just sort of jump in then once the the tomb is empty things just kind of cut off but we're reminded that this is the beginning of something and that this is the beginning of something new now we hear about john the baptist and his ministry that was he was the forerunner of jesus he was active out in the wilderness and many of the people of of the the promised land or the holy land or judea or around jerusalem as as we know it now they are coming out to to hear him and they're listening to his message, this this ministry of, of baptism to repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, to repent of something, this was John's message, means to that you turn away from it. And quite literally in this case, if you're your repentance towards the forgiveness of sins, you're turning away from that which is sinful, that which is, is is anti to what God may want for us or desire for us, both as individuals and as people and as the world. And we turn back to that which is good. John's work, it's right here in his name, John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. We tend to think that baptism was something new that he started, but it was actually something that was was an old practice, an old practice of purification. Now I've talked about this before. This might sound familiar. I've talked about it in some different settings, but, but the idea of baptism was something that actually goes back to the idea of the spoils of war. When they would go out to war, they would take the spoils and before they could use it, they had to purify it. And there were two ways of doing it. You could either put something through fire if it would stand up to it, or you would put it through water if it couldn't withstand fire. And since human flesh doesn't really do very well with fire, if I was to touch this candle over here and hold my hand there, it probably wouldn't feel very good. But since we can't stand up to it, that's where water comes in. And so this was a, a process or even a ritual that would be done oftentimes. And it was familiar to the Jewish people because when converts would come in, they would have this ritual washing as, as they would cleanse themselves of their old life and come into the, the, into the faith. And now John is doing something new. And we see that through John, God is doing something new. And I can't help but think that that is always what we want to focus in on. This is the promise that we always want to hold on to. God has promised us over and over and over again, not just here, but throughout the course of the scriptures, God is constantly doing something new and is inviting us into it. I think we see that from the very beginning If we go all the way back to Genesis and as God begins to bring chaos towards order, we see that when humanity is created and God gives us the tasks and invites us into the work of caring for the world. We've seen it over and over and over again throughout the course of the narrative that we, we hear through the Bible. And once we reach the New Testament, we find that God dwells among us as one of us in Jesus and God is again doing something new. Now I can't speak to what it is that God is accomplishing but it seems to be this invitation for us to turn away from that which is harmful, that which is broken, that which is flawed about our existence and the world that is around us and turn back to the good, to live our lives in a way that produces harmony between one another, harmony between us and God, harmony between us and the world that surrounds us. All of this is represented right here when we hear about John and this new thing that he is doing and how he recognizes that what is coming along after him, which is greater than he is, is going to be much bigger, much larger, much grander than he can ever accomplish. And he knows it. One is coming after me who is greater than I am. I am not even worthy to bend down and untie his sandals. But the wonderful thing about this, even though John recognizes his own limitations, the promise that we will see as this story continues, as we move forward through this new church year, as we continue to have scripture lessons that will focus in on Jesus and the different things that he is doing, the promise remains that the one who is greater than us loves us enough to become one of us and dwell among us so that we might do be included in this new thing that is beginning. This is a promise that I hope you hold on to. One, as we look forward with anticipation towards the coming Messiah at Christmas. As we celebrate again that God became one of us to dwell among us and to do this new thing, whatever it was that was being accomplished the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. May we take joy in knowing that we are included in that that we have been invited into it, and that we get to live our lives. We are called to live our lives changed by what it is when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. This is something else that John talks about. He says, I baptize you with water. The one who is coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, and you will be changed. This is the promise. It is for you. May we hold on to that today.